Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. So we're going to start this morning in... Psalm 119, and then like the longest psalm, we're not gonna we're not going to read it the whole the whole thing. It's actually just the last several verses that we're gonna talk about a little bit. Just uh, just because I think we have to recenter on Jesus, we have to recenter on God. At times, we have to. you know, there's, I think, a lot of uh, TV watching this time of the year. I probably watch more TV this time of the year than I do in the summertime or whatever. And, you know, Super Bowl is coming up, and they try to keep us entertained as much as possible. And there's something about a relationship with God that, that really blossoms during times like this, if you'll let it if you'll give yourself some extra time to search for him and seek him, read his word, know about him. He is so alive that I think it's very hard for us to understand sometimes that God is so alive. He's so conscious of us every single second of every single day that he is consciously with us at all times. There's never been a prayer that you've prayed that he hasn't heard. There's never been something that that vexes you that he hasn't hasn't heard, he hasn't felt your pain. Um, Desires for you to have this this substance called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what the Bible says. So you don't see God. You'll never see. You're not going to see God, you know. But faith knows that God is here and available anyway. Faith knows that. Faith trusts and has to work for a good long while, you know, there's this thing called neuroplasticity, and it means that you can sort of rewire your brain. It means that you can actually make yourself, not into a different person, but, but open up caverns 
and areas of your mind, of your brain, to reality, to this reality of God that you're not raised really thinking about. You know, even children raised in a church, they hear a preacher preaching about a God, but it doesn't mean that they've actually gone exploring we watched uh, a couple of shows that I like, the, the guy Bear Grylls, and he takes these um, celebrities on adventures. I don't know if you've seen this show before or not, but he's a Christian man. He wrote, he's actually written a, written a book, and it's all scripture and, and all of that kind of thing, but he takes these celebrities, and they have to, they have to climb mountains and do things that are really adventure hard things that, that are, take a, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of safety worked into it, but they're hard nonetheless. And then there's, um, there's this uh, show that Will Smith made that he went on some adventures. And um, it, was, it was, I saw a couple of episodes of it and it was really cool. But you know what, that creates a sense of neuroplasticity. It gives, you, um, it gives you experiences that you've never had before. Nancy came with me once to Africa, and I've been to Africa a bunch of times. I love it. But that experience sort of gives you, I think knowledge does too in general, but, but God wants us to have himself in our thinking all the time. He wants us to have a lens. He wants us to have, um, he wants us to have a way of living that is really the living that was defined by Jesus, right? Now, the Old Testament was written, and the Bible says the Old Testament was written basically as what they call a schoolmaster. So the Old Testament um, laws, we're not under those legally, but when you're a small child, your parents have rules for you, and if you're an obedient child, you learn from those rules so that by the time you're an adult, you're walking in those principles without having to have mommy and daddy move in with you, you know, and make sure that you brush your teeth and don't, you know, don't run into the road, don't run into the street and whatever rules you have as a child to keep you safe. Well, the Old Testament is, are these stories and um, parables and um, uh, hi history that God is revealing himself to us, preparing for us to receive his Christ, preparing for us to receive the free gift of salvation. Now, that doesn't say that we should then throw away the Old Testament because there's a bunch of rules in the Old Testament. We're just not under the rules anymore. We're not under that you know, mommy and daddy's going to get mad at us, you know, if we do this or that or the other thing. God said, I'm going to make you absolutely free. And I've already showed you how you ought to live. 
And then Jesus brings those principles to bear, and the epistles bring those principles to bear again. So if you read the New Testament epistles, you know, Galatians talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, and different things like that that tell us really how we still ought to live. Because the Gentiles, the non-Christians, then were, were getting salvation and, and all of that, and they kind of didn't know God from the Old Testament that well. Does that, that make sense? But really, God wants to give you, God has plans for your life that you don't know about yet. He has plans for your life to fulfill a destiny on some level or another. It can be a vocational de destiny. Your destiny may be to be the best parent that was ever born and to raise up a Billy Graham as your child. Your destiny may be in your vocation. Your destiny may be in ministry. Your destiny may be in become a, a, an astronaut. You know, always, though, there's a purpose of God wrapped around the point of your life. You're alive for the purposes of God. God created you. God designed you for his purposes. His love for you is never-ending. His love for you is profound. He profoundly loves you. He, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. But you can never get to that point where it really penetrates you until you allow your mind to be trained through his word and through his Holy Spirit and communicating with him and, and, and asking him, because here's a, a little sign that, that the call on your life will have something to do with something you desire. Did you hear that? The call on your life will have something to do with something you desire. We are given celebrities. And so the most common thing to desire in our godless culture, the godless side of our culture, is to be a celebrity or to be a rich man or to be a, a you know, politician, a political figure, or, or something like that. You know, to be successful, to own a lot of land, to, to have a great house, all, all of the things that are very common. And, I, and I'll tell you, there's none of those things that are evil in themselves. But they're evil when they become your God. When that's what you're thinking about all the time, when that's what you're, you're trying to get to those places, either by hitting the lottery or by you know, uh, I don't know, going to the American Idol tryouts or, or whatever it is that you're, you're doing or you're trying to do to 
to become what God is calling you to become. And usually folks end up kind of just giving up and taking, taking what they're given. And that's the life. There's not a life where Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. That's God said that. God said that. Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. God said that. To you, God said that. And so when we realize that, that, that church maybe doesn't solve all your problems, is because church really exists to point you to God and to show you through his word what his desires are for you. Now, you can get excited and believe that this morning, but only when you do something about it will it begin to bear fruit in your life. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. That my old, uh, you know, you have all heard it too many times, but I, I can't think of a better metaphor than buying a, a, a packet of uh, tomato seeds, right? And she just talked about our, uh, the Brown Thumb family called the Engelhards. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you see this beautiful picture on the package of these wonderful beefsteak tomatoes. And you say, wow, I want some of those beefsteak tomatoes. And you bring the package home, you rip it open, you pour it out, and there's little crusty pieces of, of nothing. It's like it's got to be swept up with the vacuum cleaner. And you say, I, I wanted this. I wondered what's on the package, and you gave me this. Right? Because we realize that's a seed, and a seed grows, and a seed becomes what the package is envisioning. Boy, does it take a lot of vision for us to believe those seeds are going to become those tomatoes. You talk about faith, and you don't even think twice about it. Walmart might be lying to me. These might not even be, maybe these are weeds. Right? Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's planted in you, but that seed will grow. It says in Psalm 119 from verse 145. It says, I cry with my whole heart, hear me, Lord. I will keep your statutes. Now just think about that. Think about that. I cry out with my whole heart. I cry out. That's making a sound, isn't it? That's not a silent prayer, is it? If I cry out with my whole heart, that's me crying out from inside of myself. That, that's me finding a place where hopefully not too many people are going to hear me, but I'm going to cry out with my whole heart. With my whole heart, I want to connect with this God who lives in the heavens, who's invisible to our physical eyes. I'm crying out to him, and I would never cry out to him alone if I didn't believe in him. 
I got to believe in him before I cry out to him. Right? But God, we believe that's true. We believe in his consciousness, and his consciousness, as I'm speaking, is saying something different to you than he's saying to you. Because you're approaching him from a different place. Your life is in a different sort of, of uh, troubles and, and victories and, and work and hopes for the future and, and disappointments from the past and all of those kind of things. You're your own person in your own universe, but we're all hooked together in this, in this faith that we share in Jesus. And, 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 and in the Old Testament, even then, he's training his people who haven't even received the fullness of the gospel yet. He's training his people when his people do get saved and do get eternal life. Here now, we get the gift of eternal life to come. Cry out with my whole heart. I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, Lord, with my whole heart. Hear me, Lord. I will keep your statutes. I will keep them. Hear me, Lord. I will keep your statutes. Maybe he's gone through a couple of bumps in the road where he hasn't kept God's statutes. I am committed to learning how to keep your statutes. Save me, and I will keep your testimonies. He says, listen, I rise before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help. I hope in your word. I hope in your word. He says in 148, my eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. Meditate on your word, meditate on your word, meditate on your word, meditate on your word, meditate on your word. Meditate on your word. I think about your word. I'm not thinking about the sale at whatever. I, and you got to think about all that stuff. I'm not saying you don't, but I meditate on your word. I shut the idiot box off for five minutes and I meditate on your word. Meditate, I, I said a million and one times, the original uh, from the Hebrew, most of the he Hebraic language was um, based on a, an, an agrarian society. So they were herdsmen and things like that. And so one of the things they understood was how, like, for for instance, a cow chews its cud, right? And, and, and kind, of, kind of recycles it, brings it back up from one of its stomachs over and over again, swallows it back down. And that's what the Hebrew word for meditate is really talking about, that you're thinking about God's word, that it pricks your curiosity. Jesus, did you really say I could have whatever I asked? Did you really put something in me that's deeper and more important than, 
you know, maybe, maybe some of the surfacey things that we all desire. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. See, you know, he says, the psalmist understood the power of schmoozing. That is, I could write a book on the power of schmoozing God. Telling God how good he is. Telling him how much you love him. You know what that is? That's schmoozing. Right? Telling him how much you love him. You say, but I don't always feel like I love him. You know? Nancy and I in May will be married 45 years. You know? It's the highlight of my life. She's the best person I've ever met on this planet. And I'm schmoozing her right now. Also happens to be true. And this, as this, also happens to be true. But you don't understand. When you say, I love you to the Lord, when you say, I love you, when you say, Lord, please reveal yourself, please, Lord, give me a, a place where I can feel the satisfaction of your Holy Spirit in my life, where I'm, where I'm helping in some way. Maybe, maybe a great position. Jesus says, you know, in the, uh, in the end, the last will be first and the first will be last. You know? So maybe our, our cleaning folks are going to be on bigger thrones with bigger crowns than the preacher or the, the teacher or this or that or the other, the TV guy or something. Do you understand that? That whatever you do in the name of Jesus is, is, is compensated. And Jesus is patting angels on the back saying, watch, look, look at what he's doing over there. Look at what she's doing. Do you see her just continue to serve me without even asking for some kind of a big, uh, big deal made out of him or trophy or anything? He's just doing it for me. You're going to say, everybody's going to be together, standing, or a TV preacher standing up front, and, you know, our little, little town uh, pastors will be in the middle somewhere, and, and in the back will be the people who, who swept the floor and kept the place clean, and God is going to say, hey, back there, you, you, you guys move up here. You guys in the front, move to the back. Last will be first, and the first will be last. Right? He said, hear my voice according to your loving kindness. You know? God is a soft touch. He's a soft touch. See, what you don't understand about this God who created the heavens and the earth, he's got a very soft heart. He really has a soft heart. That's why if you've blown it 47 times, you come back to him again. And you cry out to him and say, God, I forgot who I am. I forgot who you've given me the opportunity to become. Please, according to your loving kindness, save me. Save me from me. Oh, Lord, revive me according to your justice. He scares. I'm scared of God's justice. I like his, uh, I like his mercy more than I like his justice. For me. For you, I think justice is... 
Verse 150, they draw near who follow after They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, to, and all of your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have found that you have founded them forever. You know, the, the psalmist is saying, your word has stood forever. It's founded forever. This hasn't changed. Your iPhone didn't make God's justice change. Yeah. You know, your, your, your new electric car didn't make God's justice change. The man, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon didn't make God's justice claim, change. Listen, there's a lot of knowledge in our world, but not a lot of it will, will, will help you in God. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you founded them forever. Your testimonies, you founded them forever. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and I'm disgusted because they do not keep your word. How I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The eternity of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgment endures forever. You have to know what it is to love God. Amen. So, right? Remember, you're fearfully, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're living stones fitly framed together for the Father's purposes. There are things in you that you don't know about yet that you will know in God's time as you follow him and as you pursue him. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. Even, Lord God, during, uh, during this time, this season that's been more difficult in a lot of different ways for a lot of different folks. We ask, Lord God, that you'd let us represent you. And Lord God, we cry out that you'd meet our needs, that you'd care for us and show us your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Hey there, this is Jake Johnson, and I want to thank you today for listening to our podcast, On Fire Radio. We pray that this word has ministered to you today, and maybe today God has shown you your need for Him in your life. John chapter 8, and in verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus makes us free from our sin. If you need to make Jesus first in your life today and be set free, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins today and ask that you would cleanse me with your blood. I place you first in my life 
and ask that you would give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk forward this day in a new relationship with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to encourage you to start reading your Bible. You can even download the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile device and start a plan for new believers. Start a prayer life as well and start carving out time in your day to spend time with God. And I want to personally invite you to Catsco Mountain Christian Center. We have service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 629 Main Street in Margaretville, New York. Powerful worship, dynamic teaching, and an encouraging time of fellowship. On Fire Radio is a ministry of Catsco Mountain Christian Center and is brought to you free online and on the radio each week because of generous donations from listeners like you. You can partner with us in serving God's vision for this area by donating online at our website, www.cmcconline.org. From there, you can also connect with us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us a message and let us know how this ministry is impacting your life. On behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and we'll see you in church.